0: Hello and welcome to The Mystery Pirates, where each week we investigate the mysteries of the universe, scouring the soul and hunting for the treasure of life. I'm Chris. I'm Topher. And this week we are going to be talking a little bit about a holiday familiar to everyone, the spooky season, Halloween.
1: I mean, it's technically already past the season,
0: but irrelevant. Halloween kind of has a residual effect anyway. It kind of spools over into November. There's always little tidbits left over to pick from. Sweets oh,
1: galore all over the place. Sweets
0: galore can't get rid of the candy enough. I or... think we did okay this year. <laughs>
1: we kind of, we made treats and we did our ofrenda and we made blessings, mm-hmm. but we didn't kind of go overboard buying too many bags of sweets.
0: We also have the special uh, circumstance of not having too many trick-or-treaters this year in light of still some regulations and lockdown but we did
1: get to do fun stuff (laughs) with the kids and you know they Mm -hmm. had their sort of mini halloween with us which was still we got to incorporate that fun younger side of things painting your face and putting your hands in slime and we did a scavenger hunt for them etc and then we kind of had our own adult version of just some drinks and dressing up and hanging around in the kitchen singing songs. (laughs) Exactly. I love it. I love
0: that we've kind of found a new way to invent Halloween or uh, make Halloween more accommodating to the spirit of inventiveness. I feel like that's how we were initially as kids when we were in in the Halloween mindset. Halloween wasn't necessarily a holiday that you had to plan any food dish for or any special gift giving or any traditions. There's not really too many traditions that I grew up with associated did with halloween did you have any
1: we didn't really i mean you're from america so mm-hmm. you're already going to have more of an input as far as halloween <laughs> is concerned obviously as far as things i'd say like decorations and that kind of input where you know americans will be far more involved with putting pumpkins out and having lights around the place and hanging up skeletons and spider webs uh, even outside of their home, I believe you. there's a tradition in America of leaving the porch light on, which lets people know that mm-hmm. you can trick or treat there. We don't really have anything like that. I remember when I was younger, you'd just have to knock on every single door. Sometimes they'd open it, sometimes they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. It was less of a, a constructed input. The most fun about Halloween really was just getting candy and you know dressing up as Spider-Man mm-hmm. or a ghost or a sca- whatever you want to dress up as. It wasn't so much a community thing, which I think America mm-hmm. has this community base around halloween where everyone gets involved it's a street thing we we're all doing it together as opposed to here where it's much more on an individual kind of Mm -hmm. basis.
0: It's kind of conjoined in America. It starts in the holiday, Halloween season and it just kind of is considered the holiday season throughout where you start off with making spooky uh, things for your house and you make jack-o'-lanterns and we used to make a big spider's web when I was a kid where it would just be rope between two trees and that would and then we would put like spooky decorations here and there.
1: So yeah in terms of Halloween as with every topic. The aim of the podcast is to bring everything back to our inner spiritual selves. How we can express and experience and interact with this world in our own unique way. So As an example, this is going to be the first proper episode where we do that. We'll be looking at different sides of Halloween, different cultures, different timelines. Not just looking at what's going on with Halloween now, but looking at what's going on with Halloween across time and space. And then how we can bring that back to our present moment. What we as individuals can take from the deeper spiritual meaning of Halloween and why it exists at all. So I'm going to take the lead. And the first place I would like to travel to is Mexico. Because there is one version in inverted commas, version of Halloween that is absolutely my favourite, that resonates with me above all the rest, and that is Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead. I am a huge fan, as you know. I am probably the biggest fan of skulls in the world. Not skeletons, but specifically skulls, so Day of the Dead already spoke to me in that aesthetic sense of these glorious coloured skulls all over the place, and it wasn't even until I met you that I even knew what they were called, or how to make them or because you're from New Mexico. So there's like going to be a big crossover of culture there for you anyway. In terms of this holiday, this was the first year that I made a proper ofrenda with pictures and decorations and blessings of food and drink. It was the first time that I got involved in a version of Halloween or in a Halloween that actually resonated with me. Because certainly here in England, it's very commercially structured. There'll be one aisle of Halloween items in the supermarket market one side is costumes the other side is decorations and that's pretty much a lot because most of the time in england we're trying to push christmas straight away Uh we kind of skip and gloss over halloween when it comes to the glorious colorful expressive side of it there's something about the day of the dead that is much more expansive yes it takes place over one or two days but it's a much bigger deal than that you spend weeks Mm -hmm. almost preparing for this you you decorate things you put time and effort just like we would with christmas we don't necessarily have that same effort and interest that we do or that investment it's that we an do with Christmas. invested
0: interest, definitely. It doesn't have the same schlock value as some things when it comes to just cheap Halloween decorations for uh, just the thrill of a secularized holiday. There is definitely more... Not exactly tradition, but there is more love invested yeah. into an ofrenda and Dia de los Muertos. Everything about it is not exactly a memorial day, but definitely a uh, reflection of yeah, a celebration, ones, A celebration of life. A celebration of life and death and the crossover within it.
1: Mm. I mean, one of the things that was uh, really interesting about participating in Day of the Dead, like in our way that we did this year, truly was the process building up to it. Because normally Halloween is just a thing you decorate for maybe... Certainly, as my experience growing up, decorate for maybe one day. And even then, it's not really decorating too much. You maybe decorate for the week that is Halloween. You and I were starting to create these paper marigolds, what, two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? At least three, three week, weeks Well, ago. three weeks before Halloween. And they have And so it became many... a process so that... When it came time to us for us to celebrate Halloween, which we did over the Friday, the Saturday and the Sunday, it was much more of a celebration. It felt like it was actually something that I'm taking part in. I felt my energy and my emotion much more involved, but it had this deeper meaning behind it, which came from me getting to express myself in this new way it was a it was
0: definitely a deeper meaning for the both of us because it felt like through our ancestors through we i say ancestors but i mean all the loved ones that we knew i always think ancestors like mulan uh, yeah you ring the gong and they come to life
1: yeah an ancestor could have passed three months ago or 30 years ago or 300 years ago or irrelevant they're your Mm -hmm. ancestors exactly
0: it brings to the center just the focus of what your what your celebration is it's a celebration of not only their life but your life reflected through them yeah there is so much that we use to bring that out we brought out spirit animals within our our ancestors we brought out their their favorite things or in uh, my case since i am new to britain also introduced my relatives to new things that they could get used to. Things that bring the family closer together, Mm -hmm. alive and dead, within the same universe and in different universes within their universe. At the bottom of it, Halloween and Day of the Dead are both about the cross between the spirit world and the living world.
1: Yeah, those who take part in uh, Halloween as a spiritual or even a religious means or a cultural means, it's usually imbued with some kind of familial connection, some kind of a deeper interaction with that side of yourself, with those that have passed, with your history, with your line. Not all of us have necessarily a great relationship with our family, but those of us that are viewing life and existence in a certain way and from a certain perspective are going to be able to understand that there are things that they are meant to have taught us. There are things that we're meant to take forward with us. You made uh, your grandmother spaghetti bolognese and I made my grandfather a cottage pie. (laughs) You know, even just that process, it fell. Felt like there was no distinction between this person isn't here anymore, this person doesn't exist. I felt like I was making that cottage pie for my grandpa. Mm-hmm. I put the same love and effort and time because I wanted, it was like he, he is here, there's no
0: question. And every one of our anf- ancestors that is on the ofrenda right now, every one of our family members, we hear loud and clear mm-hmm. even to this day. Uh, me, my grand- uh, my grandmother definitely guides me through a lot of things. My grandfather guides me through things just as much as your grandmother Father. My
1: grandpa tells me off all the time. <laughs> Why are you be so stupid? <laughs> They're always <for? laughs> over your shoulder, no
0: matter what. And definitely the same way with my uncle Sam giving me a sense of direction that took me out of the country of mm-hmm. all things. All of that is kind of the crux and the sum of us put together
1: so when it comes to the spiritual meaning i think day of the dead is a really easy way to sort of get my foot in the door it's already set the stage as it were for me to step into this kind of existence this kind of reality where i can freely talk to my ancestors my spirit guides the universe day of
0: the dead should be a colorful aspect and you see that all the time with all of the calavera sugar skulls Mm -hmm just dotting every everything yeah it's a celebration of life it's kind of how i imagine some funerals would have been in the original halloweens in the western world that it was more of a celebration of life that it was more of a deep embrace there's a there's a joy in it
1: i felt like it was kind of a way of having a funeral every year having one of those celebratory funerals every year. So you're looking at these people's lives, celebrating the fact that they existed at all, rather than mourning the fact that they're not here. And then being able to apply that to your own life as well, right? Rather than mourning the fact that I'm not where I want to be, I'm going to be proud and reflective and, you know, downright appreciative of where it is that I've already been. Because that's what got me here to this point. Exactly.
0: This is a, this is a proper ofrenda for me, uh, for family members who I never really got the chance to celebrate all in one or all in the same way. My version of that for a while was burying a keepsake near an Orthodox church when I went to university because that's the nearest thing that I could imagine my uncle being buried at. And then, every February around college, buying a small Bel- Belgian beer and uh drinking with him by that burial site, and just kind of reminiscing there's there's a there's an inner peace as well as just the celebration of everything that they provided
1: yeah, I think um Day of the Dead has much more of a spiritual inclination than any kind of halloween i've experienced growing up you know i mean the word is commercial and i feel like day of the dead is it has commercial aspects of course it does and it is kind of starting to sleep over now as far as we're it's just commercial for the most for most people especially here in england and i'm not telling anybody to do it i freaking love it when people do everyone be skulls all of the time please but it's just lacking that spiritual meaning which is why i've had to go here to mexico in order to find it, why it resonates with me. I have this side of Halloween, which is dressing up and colour and dancing and music and drinking and happy and all of those things. It's like a purge. It's a purge. We have a purge every single year. we like, be normal, be normal, be normal. On Halloween, oh, I can dress up and wear a mask and not be myself? I'm going to be the most not myself I can possibly be. The makeup streaming down their face because they're sweating it off because dan- they're dancing so hard. It's this weird purge of energy that we have where we allow ourselves to become, not necessarily the darker versions of ourselves, but we allow ourselves to go out a bit, like to be out a bit more, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to get wrecked on Halloween. I'm going to dress up like this and have this alter ego so I don't have to be... This normal robotic human self that I have to be 364 days of the year.
0: I was just about to say alter ego. Yes, it's uh, a lot of my choices in Halloween costumes were usually an extension of what I wanted to be. I went as a pirate one time as a kid. Mm -hmm. I went as a knight one time Mm -hmm. as a kid. There was always a different kind of costume that was related and there were so many different sides of myself to explore
1: yeah there still are so for instance this year you and i did um indiana jones and lara croft that would be that alter ego it's what we both want to be it's who we wish we were etc i feel like it can tell a lot about you and what kind of person you are how expressive you truly are as to whether you choose to wear a halloween costume or not what kind of halloween costume you wear how much do you let yourself go on this one day of the year where the walls are so thin that you and your dark herself almost live in tandem so you do go crazy you do drink loads you do start being weird and egging used to be a thing on halloween specifically on halloween i used to think like why why is that and it's this weird purge energy that for some reason for one day a year all the boundaries are down all the inhibitions are already lost before you've downed your first pint or your first bottle
0: (laughs) no filter (laughs) no
1: filter no boundaries for some reason i mean one of the things that they always say about police stations and stuff which i always thought was a joke halloween is their worst night of the year. I used to think that that was just a joke or something that was in the movies and it's not. It's freaking true.
0: because no, you have so many people running around Yeah, in everyone goes crazy. Cap-
1: so what happens when you take that costume off and you tomorrow are Mike, 44, getting up and going to your IT job, all of a sudden you're Mike again. Yeah. yeah. I find that fascinating. So it's got to have some energetic mm-hmm. meaning to it, right?
0: Halloween is a catch-all honeypot as far as just what you want to do with it. Some people who are still rooted to earth just make a little smiley face as a jack-o'-lantern. Other people take the time and they punch out holes and they make these detailed jack-o'-lanterns. Other people, like uh, you and myself, I think we use that energy to kind of create... Not necessarily just our own uh, alter ego, but just what part of ourselves are we carrying into the world? And how much of that are we going to continue to carry throughout the year, 365 days out of the year, not just uh, within this one night?
1: So in terms of walls being thin and no filters and no boundaries, I would say that that is some kind of energetic or mental remembering of how Halloween Or what Halloween once stood for. Mm -hmm. Because once upon a time it was not called Halloween. Am I correct?
0: Exactly. It used to be more of a Celtic holiday uh, called uh, Samhang. Or Samhain. Samhain, as, uh, as we would it's say. It's pronounced
1: Samhain, <laughs> S- S-A-M-H-A-I-N. S- for... <laughs> H- it's literally about Samhain, but nothing in Celtic or Gaelic, for mm-hmm. that matter, is pronounced the way that it's written, all right? So
0: we are saying Samhain
1: just so everyone
0: can write it down, but we will probably also say Sawin. You've probably checked in the
1: description of the podcast <laughs> and w- will have written Samhain, but just know that that's pronounced Sawin because language. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> And the and the core belief in this was that the two worlds were merging together, and spirits and ghosts, and even things like the headless horseman, the Dala, demons, um, yeah the puka, the mischief makers the Banshee. of the worlds, they would come into the new, uh, into the living world and they could potentially take people or people could potentially wander off on their own if they meandered too far. So it
1: kind of has a similar vibe as Day of the Dead in the sense that this is a day or a time of year where the the past can, can uh, visit the living. Mm-hmm. However, with Samhain, it seems to be more on the negative sense, the negative side of things. I
0: don't think it really got a negative sense of the term until well technically until uh, other faiths and beliefs got yeah involved. do you mean because, religion are yeah, you talking religion. about religion <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as religion got involved there was a certain polarization uh-huh. of things i think uh the celtic uh holiday of samhain was a little more of a jumble of the dice you could yeah. get a good spirit you could get a bad spirit and usually the protective measure was wearing disguises which is where the whole concept of costumes on Halloween came from.
1: Yeah, to wear a disguise in order to confuse the bad spirits that you are also a bad spirit and therefore don't take me or, or my children, etc.
0: But they also had a very spiritual sense that was kind of reflective of De- Day of the Dead, which was uh maybe of the more colourful thing. At wakes, people would laugh at funerals. They would Yeah, they would tell funny stories. And, they, yeah. would, they would enjoy uh, mm. their loved ones for the people they were. And the wake was kind of just kind of a send-off, kind of like a night at the tavern and we wish you on your way. Here's a health to a better company and one to my last.
1: We'll see you next year when you come <laughs> back around again anyway. Yeah, a much more... Again, enjoyable sense. Because even though they hadn't possibly the two sides of the coin where okay you could get a good spirit or a bad spirit there was still this sense of it being an enjoyable time something where you could take precautions perhaps like for example wear costumes and i believe that's also where hot cross buns came in they would uh, make buns with the cross on the top in order to ward off bad spirits or whatever i think they were called soul cakes i apologize if i'm getting this wrong they were originally called soul cakes but i believe now that's how we've gotten the two a lot more druidic practices and pagan practices in terms of this is a good time of year to gain spiritual powers or some kind of spiritual insights maybe for things like spell work and well there's a wicca works you know with nature and things like that because these walls are thin it's not just about the walls being thin between other entities and ourselves but just the energy it provides in general mm-hmm. and that kind of makes sense when you think
0: about just how the the crossover is very gradual the church they wanted pagans to feel that it was familiar to them that there was a familiar origin so they definitely kept the same day as halloween and then they had they called it all hallows eve yeah. and then they would have all souls day after which would become the uh, culmination event for the religious experience. But All Hallows' Eve just kind of stayed, probably as the popular route. It was the it was the core of these people in their beliefs. And over time, things uh, just started taking minor detail changes. Beetroots became pumpkins because they were easier to carve, and there was far more light that they could yield.
1: Can you imagine using a beetroot? It would just flop. I mean, how big are these beetroots they're using? I've never it's seen tiny. a beetroot as big as a pumpkin before. And can you imagine their hands? Their hands would have looked like they were covered in blood. It's tiny. Even like it would have just looked like corn is not as massive wow.
0: as we can imagine it today.
1: That's crazy, man. I never even thought of that before. Like I mean, pumpkins themselves, again I feel like they were initially this thing of To be scary, like not necessarily decorative, but as a means of like the soul cakes to scare things off. Right. If I make this scary face in this pumpkin and put a light behind it, then it'll scare something away. Or maybe to entreat
0: the spirits. That is a that is another holiday that is uh, probably not so well known in Western culture, but definitely known in Eastern culture with the Hungry Ghost Festival. The entire idea that you placate spirits with delicious treats and the dogs. hungry
1: ghost festival is celebrated in
0: china, china. In southern china primarily
1: uh-huh. the hungry ghost festival I, I guess it's there i don't think it's like a decorative version of halloween but still in that sense where it's like oh for this period of time these mm-hmm. spirits are present and then i believe it's about doing things to keep the spirit happy If you don't do these things, then the spirit will get mad, Mm -hmm. right? Which I find very interesting.
0: Yeah, you have two festivals that are kind of of that same nature in Chinese culture. You have the Hungry Ghost Festival, which kind of shares the closest familiarity to Halloween, where two spirit worlds are in line with one another for a set point in the year. And then you have Qingmingje, which is in the spring, and it is basically more of a remembrance festival mm-hmm. where you uh, honor your loved ones with treats yeah. it's a lot more somber though it's quite specific
1: as well it's much more day of the dead has uh, specifics in terms of i believe it's uh, november 1st is for the young ghosts And then the November 2nd, the second day is for the adult ghosts, if you want to get specific. But the Hungry Ghost Festival is very specific. You have, like, the first day you have to put out money and paper, I believe it is, or pretend paper money. Mm -hmm. And then on the third day you put out food or you prepare food. And then on the fifth day and then on the 17th day and and it lasts for a month. It's very, very specific. And I always wonder, like, do people go through the year like knowing that this is coming the people that do participate strongly and spiritually and even religiously in this festival is it something that they worry about like what's that like to go to bed with that hanging over your head or did I put out the nuts for the ghosts because if I don't they're going to start doing did I do this or I'm going to get hit by a car like that must be like really quite like a walking on eggshells a very tentative way of living
0: there's a there's definitely a tangible element when it comes to the paper money within Chinese culture because a lot of these paper things that are burned mm. cost a lot of money. They're they're bundled kind of together, and people put out a good amount of money just to put that uh, wow. effigy out. It's not like how you and I would imagine it in Western culture, where we've made a few paper mâches and we yeah. burn them. We go to a market, we spend the money, and then we take the time, the care, and, and again, it's that light it up.
1: Yeah, it's that energy and that input and that investment that goes into the process. It's not just this slapdash kind of, I'm not really thinking about it. I'm just putting out decorations, pumpkins here, candy there, costume blah, out for drinks, a couple of scary movies and away you go. And now, with especially with everything that we're learning here and everything that we have put into it this year in our own flat, in our own home, it's kind of now become a process. Halloween has become meaningful. It's become an investment that i have i am getting something out of i'm feeling connected i'm feeling spiritually awake i'm feeling involved with my existence Than just doing something, right? Yeah,
0: I think it's a cathartic process uh, for us. It can can be. be, For us, it's a cathartic process. But for uh, other people, it can be the same cathartic process as some people feel when they put up Christmas ornaments or when they get ready for the Christmas season. It's a little different because you're not thinking about the specific things or specific materials or specific gifts. Yeah. You're more thinking about how you and your family, past and present, all relate to each other, if you, if it's for Day of the Dead. You're thinking about how you and past spirits, or the past... Uh, or even your shadow equal, self. Or your shadow when self. When you're working with equal, Samhain, yeah. If you're thinking with Sawin, If you're thinking with the Hungry Ghost Festival, you're just generally thinking of what's out there.
1: Yeah, you're thinking of that, like, that's kind of a more of a ritual process with the Hungry Ghost Festival. You know, if you can, again, this is what this podcast is about. Is about bringing these things together. It's about, for example, this one specifically being Halloween. How can we bridge the gap between Western Halloween? I love dressing up. We love dressing up as our favourite characters. We love an excuse to drink and have fun and to sing and absolutely. Then to bring along the spiritual side of things in terms of a reason to bring our families together. This is the first year that you and I are together. We joined our families together in a sort of spiritual marriage We introduced our grandparents to each other, which made us, you and me, feel much more connected. Mm -hmm. Then bringing in the Samhain aspect, where we've been dealing with the shadow side of ourselves as we've been facing these familial threads and stuff. And we're kind of noticing subconscious patterns that are rising, things that we can deal with now so that you and I moving forward into our lives together are so much more whole and complete and understanding we know ourselves so much better bringing every single one of these aspects in from all of these different cultures all of these different time periods all across time and space how can we find the deeper spiritual meaning
0: exactly and innately this is a time that i feel that is very steepened Mm -hmm. with with change and transformation yeah basically the very essence of halloween if you want to think literally it is the change between autumn to winter but if you're thinking spiritually it feels like a change within yourself, getting ready and gearing yourself towards the next chapter, whatever that may be.
1: Yeah, especially as you're gearing up towards the end of the year as well. It's like that fine, those final few steps, those few weeks, few months before you know that the end of the year is coming as well. You know, it's a time of detox, I think, with Halloween. Whether you're celebrating it just for the fun of it or you're celebrating it as spiritual or or, uh, religious means. It's a cleansing of the year. Okay, we're at the end of autumn. Everything that has been going on has gone on this year. And now we're just winding down towards the the end of the year before the cycle starts again. And this is a very unique
0: hibernation state, especially in 2021, where there is a lot more mystery. Kind of the same way as Halloween would have mystery. This year is shrouded in mystery. Nobody knows what the next step is going to be. No. So it only makes sense to embrace the mystery as a calling out as a as a response to that.
1: Yeah and I think that's what we did this year. We embraced the wider scope and the mystery of Halloween instead of just what we've seen and what we've been presented with growing up. We da- we, we delved we dove we dived into, <laughs> into it. We delved <laughs> into it into it in a in a much more with a much broader scope this time and everything that we've learned everything that we've brought back we've just sort of spent a few minutes every single day just still our decorations are still up still looking around we're still feeling the residual energies Mm -hmm. just from a enjoying the process absolutely but just from getting that wider perspective let's not just do halloween the same way we've done everything every year before let's try something different it's just completely changed the outlook and the perspective on the rest of life as well just from the one topic which Mm. is again that's what the podcast is about. Precisely. And with
0: the commercialization of Halloween, there is so much that you can do with it because there are no rules necessarily in modern day Halloween. So for us, it has been all about picking all the different elements of Halloween. Yeah, uh, what works Samhain, for us. Hungry Ghost Festival, Day of the Dead. Combining them together, we have pumpkin decorations, we have bats, we have dream catchers, we have flowers and ofrendas and calaveras we have everything under the same roof
1: even a spirit board we even got a spirit a ouija oh no sorry that's um copyright that's copyright damn you hasbro (laughs) spirit board (laughs) yo i'm
0: i much prefer saying spirit boards though to
1: be honest (laughs) the point is is to figure out what works for you not one thing is going to work for you and not only certain things are going to work for you so broaden your perspective have a look at all of the different ways of doing something, then figure out which recipe, which concoction, which potions work f- for you. This is literal, that's how alchemy works. Alchemy is breaking things down to their individual parts and then putting them back together in a different order to make something new. Yeah.
0: What is your Halloween potion? Not so much your Halloween costume, but no, your Halloween your potion. potion. Because costume definitely implies that it's just a skin that you can take off for later. But a potion, potion is innate.
1: Yes, it affects Potion you. is within you. What is your Halloween recipe? And then, how can you possibly bring in some other things that are going to make you actually feel like you're taking part? Not just taking part in something for the fun of it. Which obviously is a great thing. But the point of, I mean, A, life. <laughs> the point of life. The point of this podcast, more importantly right now is to bring the understanding to everyone who listens that there is so much more experience to take from every single thing that happens in your life. You can experience everything to its fullest potential if you are looking for different perspectives. You just, it's like you're a sponge. <laughs> you're just soaking it up, right? Because it means something now. It's no longer commercial. It's no longer a consumerism. It's no longer pasted on the surface of something. It's something internal and it means something to you just to you though right forget about the person sat next to you forget about even me and the person saying this like it's you the listener you individually what mm. does it mean to you what does anything mean specifically mm. to you
0: Topher has her skulls i have my bats yes yeah, that far as... mysterious animal folding or unfolding
1: yeah we both get the same kind of feeling from it mystery it's, uh, intrigue they represent the essence of halloween for us but mine is skulls and yours is back doesn't mean that either of us is wrong it's just what works for you that's what resounds within us so what works for you listener what works for you so hopefully next time around i mean you've got like 360 359 days or something like that but (laughs) next time this comes around halloween comes around maybe you guys will think about doing it a little differently maybe you will imbue it with some kind of other practice that resonates with you.
0: It's a familiar shoal that we always find ourselves moored on. Not just uh, to take treasure, but to put our treasures onto the island, splay them out, and count our blessings, to count everything that makes us unique.
1: Yeah, it's not all about what you can get out of things, but what can you put into it. Once you put into it, you will innately, by law of the universe, get more out of it, right? Do it consciously.
0: With this period of transformation, we hope that this podcast in some ways kind of gets us all thinking about what the next treasure can be and also what treasures we have gathered. Are they the things that we think they are? Or has there been something hidden that entire time?
1: So I hope you guys enjoyed listening and you got something from it because that's kind of the point. (laughs) Regardless of whether you did. We totally did, right?
0: We absolutely did.
1: I got so much from this, just sitting here talking to you. Oh, it's 13.13 on the clock as well. High five, synchronization. High five. Boom. You guys are live for the synchronization right now. How privileged are you? Take that with you. If you want to help support the podcast, the best thing to do right now is just to leave a review, either whatever platform you're listening on. And as usual, you guys can check us out on Facebook, check us out on Instagram, The Mystery Pirates on both platforms. And we will see you guys next time. See you again soon.